What's going on, guys? You are tuned into another episode of Four Quarters Podcast. Four Quarters is brought to you by Cesspool Network, a network of podcasts about movies, television, the pros and cons of things, fashion, and of course, this NBA basketball related podcast. Keep it locked. It's Four Quarters. So, as far as the West, we have Denver and San Antonio who are still kind of battling it out. It's 3 2, Denver's up. I didn't really expect this. I think in the earlier podcast, I've kind of called Denver completely dismantling San Antonio. I think you you got to look at how inexperienced Denver is, and you got to look at the amazing coaching from the Basketball Hall of Famer, Greg Popovich, who can take any team and just will them and mold them and make them believe in themselves and make them believe that they can become NBA champions. That's pretty much what he's done here. Albeit, you know, he doesn't, he has DeMar DeRozan. He has, DeMar is definitely an all-star, but I don't know if you really can say, hey, DeMar, put this team on your back and, and lead us to victory. So in short, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to give the edge. I'm going to stick with my Nuggets uh, prediction. I think that they'll be able to close this series out. I think it's going to be, I'm going to say Nuggets in seven still just because I think I just think they have way more firepower and I think they're just way more athletic than San Antonio even though they don't have the same experience as a storied franchise I still think it's enough to kind of take them over the edge I expect Denver to kind of close this out and go on to face Portland which is going to be an amazing amazing series I think these are two teams that are very athletic and, and like to run the floor and they have a lot of intense players like Damian Lillard, who obliterated OKC with just an amazing, amazing game-winning shot over Paul George. I was actually asleep when this when this happened, and um, I could hear my roommate yelling from his room. So I'm like, okay, this game, something crazy must have happened with this game. I turn it on. I'm seeing this amazing highlight of just Dame just juking the hell out of, like, Paul George crossing him up a little bit, stepping back, rising up, elevating. He looked to be in the air for about five minutes. And if you look at replays of this and you can see the crowd's reaction once the ball actually goes into the net and the whole arena just explodes. So for me, I think that's probably the most amazing shot I've seen in the past few years just because of what it meant and how Dame just knew he was going to hit this shot. If you you look at his face when he's going for this play and you just know he's he's getting the ball and he's at a disadvantage with Paul George on him. You know, you're guarding you're guarding a guy that's obviously shorter than you. Paul George, you're thinking, "Hey, I'm going to block the crap out of this guy's shot." But no. You look at the play like they're pretty much in the air and on the same level, but just Dame just finds a way to to just elevate a little higher and get that ball off. So, amazing play. It means so much to Portland. It means that they've kind of, they've stepped it up and they're that much closer to the Western Conference Finals. So I'd love to see them advance to the Western Conference Finals and play whoever uh, comes out of Golden State and in, in Houston. And I don't think Portland is going to have much, too much of an issue with Denver. I think Dame is going to carry over that same energy. Uh, him and McCollum have a lot to prove. They want to prove that they are able to get out, out of that that second round. So for me, Westbrook being eliminated again, not being able to make it out of the first round, 
he's gotta he's gotta feel I, he's just he's gotta feel awful. It just feels like okay, no matter who is on my team, I just can't make this happen. And you know, with the addition of Paul George. I mean, Paul George is not someone I'd be like, okay, this is like the savior of the team, but he's definitely a guy that you want to have around you. You know, if you're building a big three, you're building a a championship team. They just couldn't get it done. I saw momentary lapses throughout this series where Westbrook kind of just was turning the ball over a lot, not taking smart shots, shooting really early in the shot clock. Paul George, I thought, played pretty well. There were moments and times where... He was kind of flustered, and he was taking a lot of jumpers. He's had some some bad games in this series as well. So, you know, you just look to Russ to, I guess, try to figure it out in the offseason. You want the team to kind of, you know, regroup and, you know, maybe get another veteran in there, another guy that they can rely on when uh, when PG and, and Westbrook look helter-skelter. Outside of that, you got Golden State Warriors still trying to get out the first round who are playing the Los Angeles Clippers. Very interesting series there because the Clippers are winning games. They've won two games so far. And Golden State, you can't hit the panic button just yet because they are champions for a reason. But you don't want to keep messing around with this Clippers team that has nothing to lose. You don't want to prolong this series. Any more games that you play with this team, you run the risk of possibly being injured, losing one of your players for an extended period of time. DeMarcus Cousins is already out, which is a huge blow to the team. So if I'm Golden State, I just want to continue to blow this team away and not give them any hope because you have young guys who are slowly believing that they can beat the Warriors. Not a good sign. So... Once Golden State takes care of the Clippers, they will go on to play Houston, which is going to be an amazing series. Golden State, I believe you're going to see them play up to the competition. You're not going to see any weird, baffling plays that are going on um, with this team that they're playing against in, in the Clippers. You're going to see James Harden balling out of control. You're going to see Chris Paul playing with the chip on his shoulder because he has to match up against... Steph Curry, who put him on skates (laughs) a few times before, and so has Chris Paul to Curry. So these guys always bring the intensity and bring their best game. So look to a lot of the role players on Houston to kind of step up as well. Look for a lot of guys on the Warriors to continue to to play their best basketball. And this is going to be my series to watch out in the West. At this point, We can see that Milwaukee is set to face Boston. Philly is set to face Toronto. Now, I fully expect Milwaukee, with the aid of their monstar, Giannis Antetokounmpo, to pretty much give Boston a run for their money. I'm not sure how much faith I have in Milwaukee so far. This is their first real deep dive into the playoffs they really just got Giannis at, at his full, near full potential. He's very dominant, extremely dominant. Boston, on the other hand, you know, they've been to the playoffs a handful of times now, and they are sort of feeling out their new persona slash character with Kyrie Irving fully back and healthy, with Gordon Hayward fully back and healthy. Boston is a team that can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. 
I love how they swept Indiana. That was what they were supposed to do. On the other hand, Milwaukee absolutely was supposed to sweep Detroit. So these are two teams that were completely way better than their opposing teams in the first round. So I'm going to say Boston is my favorite in this round just because Kyrie is healthy and Hayward is healthy. I don't think they can completely slow down Giannis. I think Giannis is going to get his points. But I do think they have enough defense to offset the other guys, the other role players who have played amazing in the first round for the Bucks. Now, looking at Philly and Toronto, I was texting Jack about this. I'm not a believer in Philly. They were supposed to destroy Brooklyn. They should. Brooklyn should never win that game, that one game. I feel like Philly is... I feel like sometimes they just don't show up with all the heart that they should. I'm not a huge Jimmy Butler fan. I'm not a huge Joel Embiid fan. I feel like those guys sort of play down a competition at times and can be very erratic. Toronto, I'm also not a huge believer in Toronto. Even though they have Kawhi now, I've seen Toronto make it this far in the playoffs year after year only to fall. So these are two teams that they got to show me that they're serious. And, you know, one of these teams has to come out victorious. I think this is going to go... I think it's going to go maybe six games. My favorite is is Toronto. I think they're going to think they're going to beat Philadelphia pretty not easily, but I think every game is going to be somewhat close, but I just think Toronto has a little bit more firepower, a little bit more heart. So, outside of the NBA's amazing playoffs, you've got this, you know, just terrible news, this dark news of uh, Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Walton being sued for sexual assault by a sports reporter named Kelly Tennant. She basically alleges that he asked to meet her. He asked her to meet him to discuss the book that she was working on at the time. If this happened, it's just a horrible thing. It's just very, it's just a very tough, a touchy situation. Another coaching-related news: Jason Kidd interviewed for the Los Angeles Lakers head coaching vacancy on Monday, according to ESPN. Kidd would be the third candidate to discuss discuss the position right after the 76ers assistant coach Monty Williams and former Cleveland Cavaliers head coach Tyrone Lue interviewed with the team uh, last week. Other candidates. Miami Heat assistant coach uh, Juwan Howard, who is supposed to interview for the job. Jason Kidd makes a lot of sense for a few reasons. One being that Kidd has previous ties to LeBron James, as the two were Olympic teammates in 2008 when Team USA won the gold in Beijing. Kidd also, if you remember, defeated uh, LeBron and his Miami Heat in 2011 in the NBA Finals. Now, Kidd has kind of like a little a little coaching history that you know includes the Brooklyn Nets and and Milwaukee Bucks. He got fired by Milwaukee in 2017. LeBron has an affinity for Jason Kidd. So it's just a matter of time before I think the team will pick him. I think LeBron will probably lean more towards Kidd. I think he's just maybe a better basketball mind than uh, Tyrone Lue. I think Tyrone Lue was just kind of thrown into the mix just because of, you know, his ties to LeBron as well. So I know y'all remember Hoodie Mellow, right? 
Well, Mello, who went back to his old ways and, you know, we've got footage now of him playing really well in a beanie. (laughs) Another winter or another cold weather related article of clothing. Now, me personally, it's just not not as good as Hoodie Mello's antics and uh, smooth shooting during these practice sessions. But it's still Mello appearing to be in really, really good shape and, uh, you know, shooting around and, and getting up some really, really fluid shots in a beanie. Okay, so you you got to love it. Carmelo will always be my favorite player, and it's just great to see him uh, just continuing to get up shots and, and looking looking like he's in tip-top shape. I love to see this. I'd love for Melo to, to get back to a team. I think it sucks that he hasn't been able to find a home um, since his, his short stints in uh, OKC and and uh in the rockets so it's really it's just amazing to see beanie mellow that's it guys this is another episode of four quarters podcast you can follow me on instagram at drew goes in you can follow our cesspool network on instagram at cesspool network and continue to support our shows on that network and support this podcast as well peace